You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. And then Randy Sizemore will um, assume that position. But uh, we want to just welcome Bruce and thank Bruce for coming. And he was supposed to be here way earlier on. I believe it was April. And we had to cancel because of COVID uh, running wild that week. So this is a reschedule from that moment. So uh, please uh, bring the word, share the word with us, and thank you for coming, Bruce. And this is your water. I did not touch that. Well, just now I did. I just touched it, guy. (laughs) Thank you, Fred. (laughs) Oh, my. Good morning. It's good to see you, and I will take a sip of water. Thanks for providing this, Brett. I appreciate it. It's good to be with you today. Yes, this was supposed to be in April. Uh, April, I want to say it was April 23. I'm not sure that's right, but whatever. Uh, that's the date that pops into my mind. And it, I thought it was on. It's lit up. All right. I don't know if I can get it back on air on my belt. So hopefully you can. Um, most people um, comment. I'm not sure what the way to, how to how to put it. Most, and especially my kids, never had a hard time hearing me. Um, so hopefully y'all can hear me. Uh, my voice tends to be loud and tends to. Uh, to Carrie, Gloria reminds me of that when we're someplace out in public and I make a comment and she looks at me and she says, you don't realize how far your voice carries. Um, so hopefully my voice carries and, uh, and you can hear me while they try to figure out um, how to make my microphone work. So anyhow, it is a joy to be able to be with you and to greet you today um, on this uh, Sunday morning. It's I was going to say beautiful. It's not beautiful when I look out and see the, the clouds, but it's beautiful in the fact that it's not 100 degrees, um, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so I'm glad that we could be here and spend some time with you today. And, and just uh, thank you for your participation in the, the life and ministry of the Evangelical Congregational Church. Um, Landon talked about the, the oneness of the body of Christ here in, in uh, faith church, but we also know that um, the church, oh, I can even hear me now, <laughs> that, the, that the church is, um, is so much bigger than even just one congregation, uh, but it's all the congregations that are a part of, of the EC family, as I often refer to it, um, that stretches from New Jersey to Illinois and really stretches all around the world. And so I want to thank you for your participation in supporting uh, global ministries and uh, all the different ministries that are part of of what we know as the EC Church. This morning, I'd like you to uh, uh, follow along if you have your Bibles or or just want to to listen as I uh, read for you um, the scripture passage I'll be referring to and I'd like us to look at today. From 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 6. 1 John chapter 2, 
beginning with verse 1. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which is the version that I use. It might sound a little bit different than what you have in your hands. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. We've already mentioned it. Brett mentioned it. I heard it on the news this morning. Who wants to hear more about the pandemic? Not me. This morning we turned on, I turned on, I should say we, it was, I turned on the television to watch the news and just kind of see, you know, what was going on. And um, I think that the channel, when I turned it on, the only uh, one that had kind of national news was uh, ABC. And so it was Good Morning America. And, and one of the, the hosts said something about, um, you know, we're talking about the pandemic first thing this morning. And I don't know about you, but I tend to talk to the television. Gloria looks at me sometimes and says, you, you understand they can't hear you. Um, and my response when they said, well, you know, we're, we're talking about the pandemic this morning was, you've been talking about the pandemic every morning for the last year and a half. We're tired of it. You know, if things weren't bad enough that pandemic made it worse. It impacted every area of our lives, and it even impacted our relationships and families, with families and friends, you know, because God created us to live in relationships, that our hearts crave relationship. God, I mean, think about all the way back to the beginning. God spoke this earth into being he created Adam, and yet when he looked at everything and said everything looked good, he looked at Adam and said, no, this isn't quite the way it should be. It's not good for the man to be alone. And so God created Eve. We've all experienced over this past year and a half now, how the pandemic has affected our relationships. Strange, anybody participate in those weird, strange internet birthday parties? You know, you FaceTime with somebody, you know, other celebrations where, I mean, we had family at the very beginning who drove by our house, and they sat in the car, and we stood in the front lawn and on the driveway, really, and we talked to each other. And it was like, well, this is just weird. You know, worship in our pajamas. 
Now, that was kind of cool. You know, you could make coffee if that's what you like or, um, you know, make some pancakes or eggs or whatever it was. And, and you could sit in your pajamas and watch, there's Pastor Brett. Wow, this is cool. And then after a while, that got old and just didn't seem quite right. I mean, lots of us spent lots of time with our spouses and our kids. Maybe we spent too much time with our spouses and our kids. And as we've regathered, we've discovered just how much these relationships mean to us. That we need to be able to see people face to face. We need to be able to shake somebody's hand. We need to be able to give somebody a hug. To, to share encouragement. To share love with them. And it was just really cool when we could gather together again and be together. But now the question I have, as we think about that, and even as we enjoy this time that we are together, my question then is, where is God in all of that? I mean, as you got ready to come to church today, into worship, you were thinking, well, I'll see Brett, I'll see Michelle, I'll see Bruce, I'll see Gloria, I'll see other people. I'll hear them. Did you think you'd hear from God? As you got ready to come into faith church today, did you think, I'm going to hear something from God today? We enjoy these relationships and we understand that the history of humanity is has always been filled with a desire to know God. To know someone outside of ourselves. Someone greater than we are. We can make fun of people in the Old Testament who carved stone statues or wooden statues or whatever. And yet, we can even look at our own culture today and, and understand that every culture has tried to invent some kind of a God of our design to meet that need for a relationship out here greater than, than we are. And yet, every generation has discovered that a God of our own design, a God that we make, or something that we put in place of the real God, that anything other than Him just doesn't satisfy. It just doesn't work. The psalmist back in Psalm 42 says, I thirst for the living God. The picture that he was painting, if you'd read that entire um, section of scripture, is, is one of a, of a deer, an animal that needs a drink. This morning, I, 
I happened to look outside and saw a rabbit. And we live, there's farm fields all behind our house and cornfields. And, and the other week, uh, it, when, it, when it was just so hot, um, we have a lot of doves that seem to show up at our house. And, and the doves, we have a swimming pool, and the doves would, would land next to the swimming pool, and they'd stand there at the edge of the swimming pool and look in. And I couldn't figure out what they were doing. You know, is it, do they like to watch the water ripple? Do they, you know, do they think they're going to get a drink? And then they stand there at the edge and go, oh, the water's further down there than I thought it was. I can't reach it. I don't know. So I got our bird bath, which was kind of covered up by a bunch of daisies that, that Gloria has planted in the one flower bed. And you almost can't see the bird bath. I got it and I cleaned it out. And I filled it with water and I carried it out to a patio out in the backyard and I set it on the patio and thought, okay, now the doves can come and drink out of the birdbath on the ground. I didn't see any doves drinking out of the birdbath on the ground. I didn't see any doves taking a bath in the birdbath on the ground. But this morning, the rabbit came out of the cornfield, hopped down to a swale behind our house, came up through the fence that are in our backyard and hopped over onto the patio and took a drink out of the out of the birdbath. I was like, well, okay, somebody's making use of it. You know, we understand that the animals that live out there need food. They need water. And as the psalmist thought about it, and he, he lived in that very hot, desert-like environment, he understood that, that deer, especially in that dry season, need water. And they pant for it, they look for it, they search for it. And he said, that's how I am with God. I search for it. But you'll notice if you read Psalm 42, he's not saying, I just search for any God. He's saying, I search for the living God. I need to be satisfied, he says. The disciple Philip would say, very different words, but a very similar atmosphere, an attitude. When in John chapter 14, he says to Jesus, just show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Do those words of the psalmist and those words of Philip, do they describe us as people. Father, just help me to know you. To see you. To hear from you. Our denomination has a, a purpose statement, which is to know Christ and to make him known. But my fear is that in this culture in which we live, where everything goes fast, and actually, it doesn't matter how fast it goes, we want it to go faster. That in this go-fast world in which we live, we sacrifice that relationship of getting to know God. Because we have so many things that cry for our attention. So many things on our to-do list. So many things we feel like we have to accomplish. 
Being a Christian, following Jesus, is much more than just knowing about God. It's, it's more than even just knowing the right things or even doing the right things. John says it is about knowing God. It is about obeying God. But ultimately, it's about loving Him. That discipleship is about being like Jesus, living like Jesus. That discipleship is, is really a lifelong pursuit of living like Jesus. So how do we get to know him better? How do we get to, to love him more? How do we learn to obey him? Well, it's really not that complicated or that difficult, I don't think. There is, first of all, the need to invest time in that relationship. You know, it's, it's hard to have any kind of relationship without investing yourself in it, without giving time? How do you stay friends with somebody? You talk to them. You listen to them. You do things together. You spend time with each other. Maybe on the phone, maybe through FaceTime, maybe by actually sitting down in the backyard and talking to them, maybe by going somewhere with them, sharing some kind of, of hobby with them. Whatever it is, we realize, and this year and a half has taught us that we need, we want, we yearn to be together with somebody. I mean, if you've ever been married, did you ever realize how much time you would have to invest in that relationship? How much time you had to invest and getting to know that person all the time of dating, all the late night visits, the phone calls, the time spent together, and then finally you decide this is the person for me, and the time just continues. You can't be a friend. You can't be in marriage without being available to that person. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's the beginning of a wonderful relationship. But you have to invest yourself in that. How much time do we give to Jesus in the years since we came to know him as our Savior and Lord? You know, I talk to lots of people who, who have faith in Jesus and they, they come to faith in Him and they want to spend time in His Word. They want to spend time studying their Bible. Spend time in prayer. They want to go to church. They want to go to a Bible study or a small group, however it's set up. And yet, like in too many situations and relationships we see in our culture, after that honeymoon period, normal life starts. 
And all of a sudden, all the stuff of life overwhelms that time. And that relationship starts to break down and fall apart. In order to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a disciple, and to experience the kind of life that God really desires for us, I need to spend regular time with Him. But there's even more than just spending time with Him. I don't know what it's like at your house, but I can tell you what it's like at our house. At our house in the evening, often, not every night, but often, Gloria and I are together. That's a good thing. I just said you need to spend time together. She's either sitting or laying on the sofa. I'm on the recliner. The television is on. Are we watching TV? Mm, Sure, sort of. Because she's laying over here on the sofa, or sitting on the sofa, with her iPad. And she's playing a game. I'm over here, on the recliner, reading something. A book, a magazine, or my iPad. So, are we spending time together? Yes, and yet it's not just time, it's meaningful time that's important. It's being able to communicate with each other. And we all know that communication isn't as easy as it sounds, and yet we need to do it. And communication really doesn't mean just talking, it's not just talking about your day, you're talking about the weather or talking about whatever's on TV or whatever you're reading. Communication to really be successful in any relationship means sharing who I am, sharing your heart with that one that you're spending time with. What you think, how you feel. We can spend time. We can be there. But we really aren't accomplishing what needs to be accomplished in order to make that relationship grow. I think many of us as Christians say, well, I spend time with God. I read his Bible and we sit down and say, okay, these are the verses I need to read today. And so we read them. And we get out our upper room or daily bread or whatever it is that we're using for devotions and we say well I need to do that too so I'll read through that and I need to pray and so well here at the bottom is just a a little prayer that they write or maybe I'll just pray myself and it's like okay check it off done move on if we really want to know God if we really want to love God if we really want to obey God Do we take the time to open our hearts to him? To share our heart with him 
and then through his Holy Spirit, allow him to speak to us. John Ortberg is a famous writer, and, and he has written that, that prayer, probably more than anything else, indicates that God wants to have a personal relationship with us. That he wants us to pray. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to share our lives and our experiences and our thoughts with him. But so often, in our hurried life, and all the things that we need to do, we whisper a prayer, we say a prayer, and it's just another thing to get done, to check off. When was the last time that we set aside the time that we sat down stopped all the noise to open our hearts to God. So how do we do that? Well, often it's a habit. It's just something we need to realize how important it is. When our kids were little, we had three children, a daughter and then twin boys, when they were little, some of the best time for Gloria and I to talk was right after supper. Because the kids were fed, which meant they would be satisfied for 15 minutes, 20 if you were lucky. We didn't own a, di a dishwasher in those days. And so we washed. She washed. I dried. But we took those, that time to talk together. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What's going on in your life? I don't know when that time is. Some people like to have devotions in the morning. Some like to do it at night. I don't care. I don't think there's a magic way to do it or a magic time of the day. But do you do it is the question. And then John says, if we really want to know God, if we really want to love God, it also means that we obey him. That that's the evidence. How do we know we love him? How do, we, how do people know that we know God? It's by seeing our lives. John writes here that it's obedience that's that evidence of knowing God. Of loving God. Brett referred to King David at the beginning of the service. And, and as David reached the end of his life. And he knew that Solomon would be taking over the kingdom. And all of those responsibilities that, that Brett so correctly told us about. Just all of that. The questions that he had to deal with. All the, the, the answers that he had to come up with. All the things that were involved in leading a, a nation and a kingdom. David said, you want to know what the most important thing is? He said, it is to observe the requirements of the Lord 
and to follow His ways. Now, if you know anything about David, you know that that was a lesson David learned the hard way. And he didn't want his son to have to learn it that way. So he said, listen to me. Follow God. You know, we're all tempted. And Solomon was. We're all tempted with partial obedience. We think, well, that command isn't that hard. I mean, come on. Don't do this, don't do that. Nah, don't worry about that. Some commands are easy. I mean, they are. They're easy to follow because of our personality, because of our, our own upbringing or our own appetites. We say, ah, I'm not worried about that one. I'm not going to do that. I'm not tempted to do that. But we're all tempted in some way or another. How do you know that we're following God? It's seen in our lives. Jesus said, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, great sermon, and if you really study the Sermon on the Mount, it is a, a radical way of life. He said, but you know, there's lots of people that will call me Lord, Lord. But they don't follow me. They don't obey me. See, Jesus didn't need our approval. He doesn't need our applause. He, he asks for obedience. One of the interesting stories in the Bible, for me anyway, is the story of Jonah and the whale. Um, did you see on the news just the other week some guy, a lobster fisherman up in New England somewhere, got swallowed by a whale? I mean, he actually did. And then the whale spit him out. That must have been a wonderful experience. I can't, you know. But you think about all of the different elements that are a part of the story of Jonah and the whale. You, you heard it from Sunday school, Bible school, wherever. All of the elements. You have, you have Jonah, the prophet of God. I mean, who wouldn't want to be the prophet of God? You have the sailors, you know, in the boat. You have nature, the wind and the waves. You have a giant fish that we always call a whale. Key part in the story. You have the people of Nineveh. You have a plant that grows up. You have a worm that eats a plant. You have all of these different parts of the story of the Jonah. You know the one, the one part of Jonah, the one element in that entire account that did not obey God was Jonah, the prophet of God. Everybody else did what God said. Everybody else responded to God's word. It's an amazing story. And it's scary for those of us that claim to follow. Later in this letter of 1 John, chapter 5, Jonah will say, Loving God 
means keeping his commandments. And interestingly enough, in in chapter 5, verse 3, where he says that, he adds, and really that isn't difficult. See, for many of us as Christians, we see obeying God as being hard, as being a burden. And I guess obedience is a burden when when it's the result of fear or selfishness. Well, I just have to do this because I... Or an issue of legality. You know, there are those of us that like to keep rules and follow rules. And, well, this is the rule. You have to do it this way. I'm not one of those people, but I understand that there are because I'm married to one. Um, But John points out that listening to God, living the way God wants us to live, really isn't that difficult when it comes from a heart that knows God and loves God. You know, there's nothing really, I I don't think, more important and more thrilling, more enjoyable than a heart that knows God, that experiences the joy of the Lord and the presence of God and His Holy Spirit every day in our lives. There's nothing more vital to spiritual victory than knowing Him and loving Him. Having that sense of His abiding presence. There's times that we want to make that into a formula, though. Well, if you want God's presence in your life, then do this and this, and do this and this, and don't do that, and don't do that, and the Lord will be there. It's simple, it's mechanical, you just plug in the right pieces and it works. And yet, for the real follower of Jesus Christ, the real disciple of Jesus Christ, our relationship with him is not just another thing on our to-do list in the middle of a very busy life. It's a matter of my heart. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you are connected to me, you will produce fruit. That's a heart connection, an intimate connection through faith. It's not artificial, it's not mechanical. It's a relationship that impacts who we are and how we live. You know, when you got married, um, if you're married or have been married, you, you sit down here at the front of the sanctuary, and, um, and maybe some of you even literally stood down here. And, you know, you, you committed to that person. Gloria likes to watch the show Say Yes to the Dress. Some of you know what that show's about, I can tell. At the end, they always show, you know, the couple 
one of the couples walking, you know, she's coming down the aisle, he's standing there looking at her, and she's got this beautiful dress on that she paid more money than I can ever believe for, but she did, and, and it really does look beautiful, and it's wonderful, and you probably had that experience at this church altar or some church altar, and you thought, could I ever love that person more than I do right at this moment? And then you realized as the years went by, you could. And that you do. Because love grows deeper and stronger. And we're here because of a love relationship with Jesus Christ. That relationship for you may have started a long time ago. It may have been relatively recent. It that part of the story doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is, do you know him better? Do you love him more? That's my prayer for you, for myself as well. That each day, we know him better. We love him more. And that it's seen in my life in your life, in our life, as we obey him, as we live for him, our Savior and our Lord. Let me pray for you. Our Father God, as we bow before you now, I am so thankful that you sent Jesus Christ into the world to reveal yourself to us, that we could know you, that's an, that's an amazing truth right there. And I pray that you would guide us. Continue to make yourself known to us through your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to invest our time to open our hearts and communicate with you. That, Lord, we might know you better and love you more. And that that relationship would be seen in our lives so that others could come to know you and love you as well. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 